Okay, well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, this is, yeah, this is our final week, week six, um, the private devotion. So if you remember from the very beginning, we talked about that um, Martin Thornton's schema of a threefold regula that uh, the prayer book gives us. So um, daily offices, the Sunday and Holy Day communion, and then um, the third the third tier of that, the third... Um, leg of the stool is private devotions. Now, I will, I will start by saying this is probably the area that um, I find myself less certain about than other areas, because for one, I'm not 100% sure what Thornton completely meant by that. Like, I have an idea of what he meant, but, I, but, but it would be nice to kind of pick the brain of some Thornton scholars who, uh, who can, can really kind of confirm my suspicions, but... Um, as far as kind of the general the general idea, um, for for me, what I find is, and so this is going to be very subjective. This is all very subjective. This last one, but um, the, for me, the first place I'm always going to look for supplemental devotions of one way or the other, anything that's kind of formalized, is going to be I'm going to go back to the prayer book because there's a lot of stuff in here that we don't use very often. Um, we've got a whole list of occasional prayers. Um, we have the great litany in the, uh, in the old days in the 1662, it was, okay, you always add this to morning prayer on every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Um, it's not like that in, in our prayer book. It's just like, eh, put it wherever you want. You know, when you need to use it, add it, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, the penitential office, you know, it's, it says it's for good Friday. I'm sorry, not good Friday, Ash Wednesday or whenever you want, you know? <laughs> so that's another, that's another one that makes a good kind of supplemental, um, private devotion, and then we've got all of those occasional prayers and thanksgivings on pages 35 through 53. Um, some of those are related to the civil life. You know, there's prayers for Congress, the country. Um, at the time this was written, only the uh, the, the Navy and the Army. Um, sorry, George, I guess the Air Force didn't count back then because it wasn't around yet. And the Marines, I guess they forgot about them too. No, what, I, what I think actually is that they kind of considered the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, part of that general Navy. And even though this is a good 20 years before we have an Army Air Corps, you know, the Air Force comes from the Army. And I guess now the Space Force comes from the Air Force. So that also comes from the Army, um, all that sort of thing. Um, imagine being the chaplain for the Space Force, right? You're going to have to go uh, go start chapel on, on our Mars colony one of these days. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, so things, things like that. It's also got, um, so it's got civil prayers. It's got different prayers for the church. It's got uh, prayers for institutes of education, um, weather-related stuff, plagues and famines, all, all these sorts of things that might pop up, social justice, things like that. Um, and then Thanksgivings for similar things. One of, one of my favorite things is we have in there a, a prayer for um, rain and then a Thanksgiving for ceasing of the rain. Because <laughs> you know you can, you can go either way, right? You know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there's, there's, a, there's different things like that. Um, the family prayer section, we've talked about that already. Um, you know that what that does come from some private devotions. It gets adapted kind of into a into a public public context in our prayer book. But it does have its roots in private devotions, very popular ones in the kind of the early 18th century. Um, and then we add a bunch of other occasional prayers to that. Um, 
Interestingly, our altar editions of the prayer book put those occasional prayers from both sections kind of in an appendix in the altar edition, because the altar edition is just communion, right? It's not the whole prayer book, but they figure you might want to bring in those occasional prayers as part of the service from time to time. Um, I've actually found that just seems awkward. Nobody really likes that, so we just don't usually do that. Or maybe I'll do one of those if it's a special season before the homily rather than before the blessing or something like that. But again, that's just the way it works here. So we have all those occasional prayers. That's really helpful. Um, but also, uh, in, in, in one of a good devotional exercise can be um, either looking forward to um, some of those occasional services or looking backwards to the occasional services, your baptism, your confirmation, the marriage service, the visitation of the sick, the burial service, and the ordinal itself, um, meditating on what we're supposed to learn from these. And so, you know, for example, what, 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 what kind of thing might we get devotionally um, from, from reading up about, the, you know, the, reading the baptismal service, meditating through some of those teachings. What, what, what might we get from that that would be helpful in a devotional sense, do you all think? Like a renewal of the promises. Yeah, it can help you renew the promises. That's a good one, yeah. Um, similar confirmation, same type of thing. Um, similar for marriage. Um, our visitation of the sick can kind of help us when we're going through tough times, even when we're not necessarily sick. Looking over that burial service helps us to remember our mortality. Um, that's that memento mori thing is a really good thing. Um, the ordinal, what do we actually believe our priests and bishops and deacons are supposed to do? And, you know, how can we support them in doing that? Um, so that's, that's, that's important too. Those, those are, some some ways you might use the things in the prayer book for in private in a private devotional sort of setting um similarly we you know catechesis itself can be uh, a devotional exercise and that can be done both in public and in, in private so we have in the offices of instruction which come just before the confirmation service we've got this um almost litur a, a liturgical context for catechesis. It's done in the context of here's a, here's a liturgy for catechesis. So that's something that can be done in a more private situation or just straight up the catechism itself. Um, and I think the catechism is right before the family prayer section. It might be right after. It's, it's, it's adjacent to the family prayers. I mean, we all have our prayer book. We can look it up, but it's, it's there. Right but before. Right before, okay. Um, and then um, art, the articles of religion, looking through the articles there in the prayer book, um, you know, reading those, engaging that kind of study as devotion aspect of those. And, and, and there is a sense where when we're reading through the good doctrine that's in the articles of religion, it, it should lead us to, doctrine should lead to doxology, right? You know, we should, be, we should be praising God as we learn these good things about these good beliefs in the, in the articles. So that's one way. Um, I don't know, any, any, uh, any, any comments, thoughts on, on any of those uh, less public things that might be used with the prayer book or kind of pri private uses in the prayer book proper? I just got you know, my brother and my sister's birthday is this month, so they wanted prayer books because I've been talking to them um, about this stuff. And my sister's a nurse, so and her coworkers, she's like the only Christian. Wow. And I have her work, and so her coworkers were asked to like, pray over patients sometimes. So she was excited about the visitation of the sick. And yeah. And then she loved, she loved the family prayer section too. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's 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 really good. Yeah, that's a huge thing for yeah a nurse. I'm working them, and and um, just for 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 information on that. Um, different prayers for the sick are scattered in those occasional prayer sections. Like it's not, it's not always organized well in this prayer book. So um, as she and you learn those occasional prayers and the family prayers, you're going to find some of those prayers for the sick that you really like in different places. <laughs> as we just kind of remember, okay, where's the one that I really liked, you know, and maybe bookmark it or something like that. Yeah, yeah well, when I do a visitation to a hospital, I'm, I'm flipping all over the place because Usually the visitation service itself, there's something I want to add to it from those occasional prayers for the sick um, that are in there. Or, or like there's a prayer for recovery, a prayer before an operation, you know, a prayer for those who are kind of, um, might be really worrying about the person that's sick, you know, things like that. So there's all that sort of thing. That's, that's real cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you get some good use out of that. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. That's, that's awesome. All right, um, I put on here study is devotion. You, you can kind of see the, my, my own approach to things, right? <laughs> you know, um, that's, that's, this, this is, this is going to be more of an, an Isaac approach. Um, but I put on the very top of there um, the two books of homilies. Um, homilies are devotional material. And these two official teachings are, are homiletical resources from, from the Anglican world are, are really, really good. Um, there's a few places where they get, where things get into the weeds a little bit. Um, famously, I, 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 am, I am not a fan of the homily against the peril of idolatry um, because A, it's crazy long. It's more of an essay than a homily. And it, its history is a little, like it's not real good at its history at times. I mean, what it's trying to do is prevent superstition, which is good, but it kind of throws out the baby with the bathwater. But that's the only one where I really have any reservations of. And it's, again, it's not like the main purpose of it, I agree with. It's just the way it goes about, I have issues with. But especially that first book of homilies, um, laying those foundational, core doctrinal things. Um, you know, the first one's the, the, uh, is about the uh, the fruitful exhortation on the use of scripture. I mean, that, that homily is a love letter to the Bible. It's, a, it's beautiful. And then going into the misery of mankind, you know, dragging you down to the depths. And it really does. It kind of drags you down in, in that one. And then um, then uh, the one on justification to kind of build you back up again. You know, it's, it's a great, that, especially that first book is really, really good. The second book also, but I, I particularly really care for the first book. Um, the first book is mostly Cranmer, but some of the other early guys too. The second book is mostly Bishop Jewell during Elizabeth's time, Queen Elizabeth I. Um, and he, he was probably the major writer in the Elizabethan time. Cranmer would have been in um, Edwardian time and, and, and before that. Um, he, of course, is executed during by Bloody Mary, so he doesn't make it to the Elizabethan time. Um, but there's other, other you know, the, the other of our, our, our reformers and our, and our early and better divines. Um, again, Bishop Jewell, his uh, apology for the Church of England is just shy of being one of our formularies. I mean, it historically was super important to our tradition. Um, a, new, a new edition of that by the Davenant Institute has, has come out recently, so it's, it's readily available again. But he also has um, some other stuff. Uh, my friend Andrew Brazier recently republished his um, in one volume, his treatise on the sacraments and what was the other one? 
Sacraments and Scripture by Bishop Jewell. That's a good read also. Um, Richard Hooker, his Laws of Ecclesiastical Polity are just an excellent, just really chewing on things philosophically regarding natural law theory and how that applies in, in, in the church and in the state and in the regular lives of folks. Um, that sort of thing. Um, I would I would recommend the modernization again published by the Davenant Institute. Brad Littlejohn's the editor on that. Um, Brad hasn't finished all of the all of the volumes of Hooker's Laws, but he's done I think the first four or five. I've got them in my library, and, and we we did the first one in Sunday school um, last year. Went through it, kind of that that foundation of natural law theory. Uh, Archbishop Cranmer himself, his, uh, his tome on the sacraments is just beautiful reading. It is a tome, though. It is a, it is a hefty, hefty read, and I don't know that there's any current publications. That's one that I read electronically. Um, John, John Doan's uh, done. It looks like Don to me, but it's done. I, I always forget how the, how the right way to pronounce it, the way that it doesn't look like to me, is John Dunn's poetry um, is 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 very much a classic of of um, devotional literature. Uh, Bishop Andrews, uh, uh, Lancelot Andrews homilies. Andrews chews on the Word of God like it's it's like a mental rumination on each aspect. Um, Archbishop Usher, uh, James Usher, his his writings on on the episcopacy and ecclesiology are just really neat writings. Again, uh, you can find that from Davenant. There's others, but these are just the ones I'm more familiar with. Um, kind of some of my go-tos. Uh, same thing with the fathers, the church fathers. You know, devotional reading of the fathers is, is pretty common. Um, I put here first that there's a, there was a 40-day Lenten reading plan of the fathers where it took you through major works um, in, in the old 19th century trans, translation um, by Schaff. It took you through, I think there was a dozen of the fathers broken up over 40 40 days. Um, some of them were broke, you know, you got them a couple days. I just, as I was putting this together, discovered that that's no longer online. The, the people that were hosting that, um, it's gone. I have, I have an EPUB on my devices, but I was able to find a, uh, and copy the table of contents. And so all of the material you can find easily online, each of the materials. So if you're interested in that, I can give you um, the table of contents, and you can go find that on New Advent or something like that. But um, I put that one first because it's a really digestible way of getting into the fathers. Um, it's, it, it was the first kind of primary re primary readings or translation of primary sources that I got into for the fathers, and it was really good. Um, St. Augustine's Confessions, it's a classic for a reason. Um, one of the first autobiographies, and it's very devotional. John Chrysostom and St. Augustine's Homilies, um, St. Cyril's Catechal Lectures, and again, we could go on, but these are kind of some of those major ones that can be used devotionally. And how much that interaction between devotion and study um, I, I find it devotional. Some people might not, but that, again, this is very subjective. That's just kind of the nature of private devotions. Um, on the back, some other. Well, let me let me pause there. Um, I don't know if there's any 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 thoughts, questions, comments, criticisms <laughs> on the idea of a, of a kind of a more devotional approach to study as part of all that. All right. 
I kind of um, am, am sad that Jeff is not here today because this next part I think he was looking forward to, but I have a feeling he'd probably be able to add more than me on this fourth part on the back. Um, other resources. So there are a plethora of other kinds of prayer books, other kinds of liturgies. I, um, I didn't write this down because I listened to this after I put together um, our handout today, but um, you can find like I forget the title, but there's a there's a book out there that basically collects all of the major liturgies from the time of the Reformation. They're basically saying this is the way each of the major reformers um, put together the Sunday liturgy for their people. Um, things like that. You know, the I put on here at the top of the list the ACNA's Book of Common Prayer. There's some pretty significant differences between theirs and ours. Um, particularly, the thing that I really like in theirs is um, the occasional prayers. They've got a really, really good... Yeah, I, and I do... Yeah, actually, their family prayer is better than ours. Um, that, yeah. yeah, the 2019. Yeah, the 2019 HCNA. That's right. Yeah, you're, you're right. Their, their family prayer is better than ours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the app... The app... Uh, ACNA, the, the prayer app has either the offices or family prayer. It doesn't have the rest. It doesn't have all the occasional prayers, I don't think. Right, you're right. Um, it's just the offices. But, I mean, yeah. they have more because they'll have also the midday. And right, and right. Midday and Compline, that's right. And you can switch to versions now. So you can get Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and you can do, yeah, they, they, they let you switch between the traditional ACNA or traditional language and the standard ACNA. They'll let you switch Bible versions how you want. Um, they'll let you switch whether you're doing a 30-day psalm cycle or a 60-day psalm cycle. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty thing. It's pretty, pretty clever there. Um, but yeah, and, and the, uh, yeah, the, the midday and the Compline and the family prayer are particularly good. Um, the other one would be all those standalone occasional prayers. So those are really the 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 the, the golden jewels, I think, in the uh, 2019. Um, I'm not as I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of their occasional services, their baptism, marriage, and that sort of thing. I think the traditional prayer book does all that way better. Um, so same same with communion and, and the standard daily offices, morning and evening prayer. I think um, there's a plethora of Anglo-Catholic resources for those that are kind of inclined that way. Probably the most famous is the Saint Augustine's Prayer Book. It's been in and out of print for decades now. Um, there, there, there's some, because of it having that Anglo-Catholic tendency, there's going to be some things that I'm not real comfortable with, some Marian things, um, invocation of the saints, going to be doing more importing from Rome um, that I, I'm, not, I'm not real comfortable with. But I know that that is a, a go-to for people that do like supplementary prayer resources. Uh, your hymnal, your, your hymnal works as a supplementary devotional resource. Um, various hymnals, not just yours, but you know, the other ones. Uh, Lancelot Andrews has a, he, he wrote some, uh, Bishop Andrews wrote some private devotions that have um, really stood the test of time. I bought Heather a copy of Jane Austen's private prayer devotions, you know, and so, I mean, there, there, again, there's all sorts of stuff out there, but these are just some of the ones I'm, I'm more familiar with. And then uh, finally, I, I wanted to um, touch on prayer beads. That's a thing that a lot of people really dig. There is, and I have here this picture um, 
a graphic of the of the Anglican Rosary, the so-called Anglican Rosary. Now, this is not a old tradition. I mean, we we need you know people want to want to say, oh, you know, everybody has been doing prayer beats forever. Actually, we really haven't been doing prayer beats forever. <laughs> I mean, we that was uh, what what happened in our circles, <laughs> in Anglican circles, was either folks were just borrowing from Rome until about the early 80s when this Anglican rosary came about. Um, as you'll see in the picture, it's got um, cruciform beams, beads, so five beads that form a cross, um, two on the bottom, one on each side, one on the top. Um, and then in between are four groups of seven beads, um, which they call weeks, as opposed to the Roman Catholics, 10 beads being a decade. So these are weeks because there's seven. Roman Catholic standard one has 10, which is a decade. And altogether, um, seven times four plus five is 33. So the beads are for the 33 days of Jesus' life. Um, where the, the Anglican rosary gets a little bit fuzzy is that there isn't really a standardized approach to using it. So you look up a resource and everybody has a different approach to it. Um, y'all did, y'all did a, a class, a breakout on that at the Daughters of Holy Cross, right? And so I'm sure they gave you like a little booklet or a little printout. Yeah, there's multiple ones. Yeah. Uh, I put a link here to one that has a number of different options for that. Um, I, I, I've never, I won't say I've never found prayer beads particularly useful, but I haven't found them useful in a very, very long time. Um, just just for my own approach to piety, um, one one thing to to kind of you know the, the rationale is that the repetition is kind of meditative. meditative. It's 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 basically kind of a you know a more using scripture approach to like a mantra style meditation. Um, you're, it's not just repeating for the sake of repeating, but it's it's a, it's a tool for focusing so that you can meditate on some aspect of, of, of Jesus or the Bible or the church or whatever. Um, and that's fine. I mean, again, this, this, that's part of private devotions. Um, but but I, I, again, I, I, when, when I was first kind of coming, coming back to liturgical Christianity, I thought that was a pretty sweet thing. And I carried around a single decade. And when I was fighting road rage, I'd use it or something like that. But um, but yeah, I, I haven't really found it particularly necessary for me. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm mad. Okay, I got my beads, you know, uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but but there's some there's some really beautiful um, approaches to prayer beads out there. So I mean, just just again, just because I don't find it particularly useful for me right now doesn't mean that other folks might not and it doesn't mean that it has to be you know vain repetitions or overly marian or anything like that comments thoughts questions there's not a whole lot more i have on this this is a this is a pretty light one for me i don't know if y'all have a particular uh, favorite private devotion that you'd care to share um It just didn't occur to me. That, that's a pretty classic devotional one. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good, that's a good, good resource, too, uh, for the recording. My utmost for his highest, some of those classic devotions. Um, I, it just didn't occur to me. Yeah. 
Um, so some of those, like like when I was a kid, we did our daily bread, you know, and and I've I've owned co- I've owned my utmost for as high, so I've never actually gone through it. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, you you you'd have no problem now. Yeah. And I think, if I remember right, it was a Puritan devotion, right? Like one of the Puritans had written it, I believe. Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It just yeah, there, anything that is omitted from here is not because I I don't think it's I think it's bad. It's just. It didn't occur to me. <laughs> I mean, because there is so much material out there. And then, like, single studies, like, about books of the Bible. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, guided studies of different books, absolutely. Those, those things. Those, yeah, there's, I mean, Christian publishing would not be an industry if, there weren't, if it weren't for, uh, you know, myriads approaches to private devotions. And, and I think if, if you know, and... and Kind of riffing off of off of that, um, the the important thing from my perspective, anything anyway, is don't let these private devotions be a substitute for God's word. I mean, because that that can happen, right? Um, okay, I've I've done my Bible reading for the day because I got my two verses from my, from our daily bread. Well, that's not you're not really getting much much of the Bible that way. You're not you're not really encountering God's word. And sometimes the devotional material can, like, it, it's like someone chewing your food for you sometimes. I mean, not all the time. I mean, some, again, it doesn't, different quality. Like, like okay, here, here's one. That I, I may get in trouble for this, depending on who's listening. Um, uh, what's that one? Sarah, what's her name? Jesus Calling. That's a terrible book. It is a bad, bad, bad book. Um, it's, it's. You know, the, the framing is, oh, this is the, these are the things that Jesus gave me to tell to his church on his behalf. Okay, you, how do we know that you're a prophet, Sarah? What's your name? You know, I mean, I mean like, it's, it's totally against the way our reformers would have looked at things and the, and the church fathers would have looked at things. So, I mean, there are some really bad ones, even really popular bad ones, but there's also a lot of really, really good ones. And, and I, think, I think, yeah, and... and Probably the biggest reason why for me this is an area where I, I just the whole private devotions category is is not a strength for me is because I, I don't I don't feel I really need a lot of that you know personally but that doesn't mean that other people don't so yeah it is yeah. Yeah, well, that's the you know, when people want to start adding in all the different monastic offices, you know, or or even even midday in, in Compline. I'm like, okay, I've got troubles doing morning evening prayer, and I you know, and I love the prayer book, and it's and it's it's tough enough, you know, and so, yeah, just and and that's that's a, that's another danger. Sometimes these kinds of things can just become another burden on top of folks, but that's and it's not supposed to be that. They're really supposed to be another tool for for your growth not just a burden for the sake of a burden um and i suspect that part of martin thornton's having a threefold regular with private devotions is because 
of that Anglo-Catholic tendency to want to add stuff all the time. Um, you know, the, the besetting sin of the evangelicals, he wants to take things away and oversimplify. The besetting sin of the Catholic is he wants to add things all the time. You know, <laughs> and, and, and for, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, that's, that's fine, but, you know, I've, I've, got a good, I've got a good rule of life right here, you know. <laughs> so, and, you know, I'm probably going to, depending, again, who listens or watches, I'm going to get complaints and comments, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't know, any, anything else. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm going to get in trouble here. All right. Well, excellent. Thank you guys for uh, sticking it out um, for these six weeks.